0: You have to have your hand in at least a couple different things because something can always drop out. And it's safer to have a couple different income streams, different projects, but you kind of can't have too many or you spread yourself too thin, you're not going to do anything well enough. So it's a really tricky balance.
1: This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we're also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this week's episode, I speak with Susan, who is the founder of Brooklyn Tripicali a travel blog focused on creative travels for creative people with an emphasis on the region of Latin America. She's also a social media manager and consultant for small businesses and startups. Susan lived in New York City, traveled full time for three years and now based in Oaxaca, Mexico. So listen on to find out how Susan works remotely as a travel blogger and small business consultant. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to be here today. I am with Susan. Hey Susan, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life?
0: Well, I am a digital nomad and a blogger. I've had like a windy road to get to where I am, but basically I live in Oaxaca, Mexico and I have a travel blog that's about Latin America and about creative travels, and I also do social media management and consulting for startups as well.
1: It's amazing that you're able to travel the world doing your blog and also being a social media marketer. Now, how were you able to transition into this type of lifestyle? Did you used to have a nine to five or did you go off into the digital marketing world right away?
0: No, I definitely
1: did a lot of different things in my life. I never was the
0: kind of person who knew exactly what I wanted to do. So i tried lots of different things. I used to play in a band and then I went to fashion school and um, I worked in fashion in New York City for five or six years. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And it was a creative career and it sounded really cool, but it really wasn't very healthy lifestyle, pretty stressful and frantic and just kind of a toxic industry. So I was getting really burnt out and exhausted and at the same time had kind of started to travel a little bit and definitely got the travel bug. So I was trying any way I could to get out of town and like use every scrappy little bit of vacation time I had and holidays to like go to different places. And I went to lots of parts of Latin America. And at the same time, I had heard about people who are digital nomads or location independent. And I was obsessed with the idea, but I had no idea how to do it because the fashion industry is just completely opposed to that. It's a really old industry that's not open to remote work. So I didn't really have a good plan, to be honest, but um, at some point, I just was like, I have to get out of here. So um, I got rid of almost all my stuff and got rid of my apartment and left New York at the end of 2015 and went on a open-ended trip that was going to be about six months, but I didn't really know what would happen after that and kind of just figured it out as I went. I started the blog about three months into that travel and started house-sitting so I could keep my costs really low. And then just kind of little by little started teaching myself about digital marketing, blogging, WordPress, SEO, social media, everything little by little. And then started finding little remote jobs little by little and just kind of figured it out over the years.
1: <laughs> well, it seems like it's been a long journey for you and so many lessons that you had to learn because that's a huge leap from New York City fashion to now being location independent and doing digital marketing. How did you fully prepare for that big change? I'm sure there were so many things that you had to do.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to say it really succinctly, but I think, for me, I was always a really type A person, so it's kind of surprising that I didn't have this like really specific grand plan about how to you know re totally rework my career and do everything in a really safe way. but I think I actually had to do the opposite. I had to just totally jump and not have a safety net and just figure it out because otherwise, I think I would have stayed in my bubble in New York for a long time. Even though it wasn't a happy bubble, I think it still was safe enough that if I didn't have the pressure of having to just figure out how to make money and make it work, then it might have never happened. So to prepare for it, I think a lot of it was sort of unintentional where I was just for like a year or two before I left New York, really obsessed with this idea of being a digital nomad and there were all these bloggers that I followed who were living that lifestyle and podcasters who were just super inspirational and I thought of it as them just kind of like getting me through the day a lot of the time but I think actually I was learning a lot from them about how they did it and their the way they structure their life and different ways you can work online so that was helpful and then once I started traveling it was just like hit the ground running I had to figure it out. So I was just researching so much, reading so much, and then just trying things. So I went on job boards and looked for anything that I had any kind of relevant skills for, and then just applied for it and just figured I would just try whatever and just see what worked. And I think that was actually really good because it gave me a lot of different experiences to see what I liked the most and what I was the best at. And also what pays better. <laughs> um, so the, it was a really good learning experience to just try all these little things. Like I I did writing and content creation and I did customer service for like a dating website <laughs> <laughs> and just all these random things that even if I don't do those for the rest of my life, they were still really good learning experiences. And also just things that got me really comfortable working with clients and working on temporary jobs and figuring out how to like manage my life and my finances and all that stuff.
1: I love the fact that instead of just waiting around, you actually took action because I think for the most part, we often read and watch things And it's really about the action that really makes that big difference because you can only see and read so much before it doesn't really do anything. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you definitely did that. And I think learning as you go is so crucial to all of this because honestly, it's fairly new still. And you're not going to learn this in Mm -hmm. school. You know, you get out of school and you have to learn Mm -hmm. this on your own.
0: I mean, it really is true. It's it's like the wild west it's all new and i mean i think it is kind of crazy the way i did it because like i said i was a really like a b c d type a methodical person just i just know with my personality it never would have happened if i didn't just make the leap so I know a lot of people say you should start a side hustle and do that with your full-time job and then get to that, get to a certain point where you feel comfortable that you can sustain yourself on it. And I think that's really good advice for a lot of people. And it's really smart, obviously, and it's safe and that's great, but I don't think it works for everyone. And so if you're the type of person who is really self-motivated and you know that when push comes to shove, you can take care of yourself and make something work, then I think you kind of just have to go, you just have to jump and figure it out. And like you said, it's true. I mean, you can go to school for marketing and you'll learn important things, but the way digital marketing is now and how fast it changes, it's so much, I think it's so much more beneficial to just be doing it and to be reading blogs of experts who are, who have like figured this stuff out and, who are constantly monitoring all the changes of algorithms and all that. It's just, it really is an industry of doing rather than, than going through a traditional route, I think.
1: We all have that what now moment after we leave our nine to five. I had it, and I'm sure you had it too when you left New York and your life in the fashion industry. What was yours like? What was your what now moment like? I think
0: there were a lot of moments like that for me, a lot of little ones, but the one that I think of the most, that was kind of my biggest make or break was about a year into traveling full-time. My first year of traveling was a lot more about learning and starting. It took me probably about a year to like get in a good groove with work and finances So about a year in, I had a moment where I was looking at the bank account and I was like, oh, this is not a good situation and I have to figure something out quickly. So I spent about a couple months just working my butt off, like working so many hours every week, looking for work, pitching work, doing lower paying jobs just to get some income. And it was, really, it was really a stressful time. And it was also just, it, it really felt like a make or break moment. I didn't know what my backup plan would be if going back to New York didn't really make sense because I didn't have an apartment and it's more expensive in New York anyway, other than I was in Panama at the time, which was more affordable. So it really just was, there was no other option. I just had to figure it out. And luckily I did. And I ended up finding several like ongoing clients at that time that were well-paying enough. And then that ended up kind of propelling me in the right direction. I think I ended up fairly shortly after that, figuring out that social media marketing was really kind of my niche and what I did the best and what I enjoyed the most. And so I shortly after that kind of went in that direction. I think it propelled me in in the direction that I am today.
1: Definitely seeing your bank account go down is a huge motivator to get off your butt and really, really <laughs> go for it, right?
0: <laughs> yes, it is a very good motivator. <laughs> the best motivator, I think.
1: Yeah, and also... You talked about, you know, some people are good with just leaving and taking off and finally leaping into this type of lifestyle while other people, you know, you have to save and you have to make sure you're prepared. It's also knowing what type of person you are. Right. And Mm. really knowing that about yourself, because you could either do one or the other, but just on the safe side, before you do that, definitely understand what you're going to be like, because if you're not motivated by a lot of things, then yeah, safety and savings is first. But if you're like Susan, who can, you know just go and do it and be motivated by just the adrenaline sometimes and making sure that you need to do it then yeah that's a good option as well you definitely have to be self motivated and you have to know yeah. that you can that you can be that way and take care of yourself so what is the biggest setback that you are encountering right now as an entrepreneur
0: for sure it's managing all of the stuff that i all the different things that i do I'm particularly having a harder time with that right now than I have been in the past. And I think that's just it's always a tough thing because it's great to focus on one thing, but it's not really feasible when you're an entrepreneur because you have to you have to have your hand in at least a couple different things because something can always drop out. And it's safer to have a couple different income streams, different projects, but you kind of can't have too many or you spread yourself too thin. You're not going to do anything well enough. So it's a really tricky balance that I never feel like I fully master. Like sometimes I get better at it. And then with various clients and projects, it it gets harder. So right now I just feel like I have so many things that I want to do. And I have a lot of new ideas I'm really excited about and just really trying to find the time for everything. (laughs) So Finding balance is always the hardest thing for me.
1: It's always so many things. I think our eyes are bigger for the most part, right? Than anything else, than our time and Mm -hmm. everything. Because... I have this too. I have the shiny object syndrome and I get really excited about something and realize, oh my gosh, that takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time and effort and probably needs so much more of the time that I can't afford to give right now because you have so many other things that you're taking care of in your business. So beware of that because that will happen to all of us for sure. What is your secret sauce for making your business and work successful and be really right for you?
0: Well, I think to be right for me is just about me enjoying my life and allowing myself to do the things that make me happy. So it makes me really happy to wake up when I want to wake up. It makes me really, really happy. I hate waking up to an alarm. So that alone just makes me feel great and makes me excited to work and, you know, just like feel happy and shiny when I wake up. (laughs) Um, So that's great. I love being able to schedule my day the way I want to take breaks when I want to do yoga in the middle of the day, to go for a walk or go to the market here in the middle of the day, to go meet a friend for lunch. To take a day, a weekday off and go on like a Pueblo exploring trip. All those things are what really motivates me and makes my life what I want it to be. And so I don't know if that's what makes me successful. I mean, I think in a way it does because being happy is an important part of being successful. But other than that, I'm a very organized person. And I think that's crucial when you work for yourself and when you have various clients and projects. So I just have like lots of different methods to keep track of all of my to-do lists, of my calendar, of everything that needs to be done and checked on and rechecked on and finished. And all of those things are important to keep everyone happy, to keep all your clients happy, to keep your reputation and to do a good job. So, I think just finding all those methods, all of your like project management efforts that that keep you streamlined are really important.
1: Do you have any specific programs or apps that you're currently using to streamline your business and make it a lot easier?
0: I don't use any like
1: fancy apps,
0: to be honest. I feel
1: like the stuff that I use is
0: pretty basic, but I just have found ways that I use it use all of them together in a way that works. So one of the things I use the most, and it's like the most basic is just my notes app. I use it so much. I use it constantly all day long. And I have notes for everything. I have one ongoing note that is my to-do list that I continually like change and shift and add to whenever things come up um, during the day. So that's really helpful. And then I have separate notes for lots of other things. For every meeting I, I have, I have a note or I have like, an ongoing note that keeps all of my one client meetings in one place. And they're so easily searchable that that is helpful too. And I have idea lists in there. Sometimes I'm journaling in there. It's just everything's in there and it's all organized by different folders. So that is like, and and the fact that it is so simple is really important to me. I think that helps that it's not overly complicated. It's just in a really easy way for me to keep track of so much stuff And then of course, like Google calendar is huge and I use that for keeping track of all of my, the timing of blog posts and client work and things like that. And then that streamlines right into meetings where I can just click through to a a client meeting, which is helpful. And then Google docs and spreadsheets are and Google drive is like my best friend. (laughs) So I use that constantly for my editorial calendars for the blog and for clients and like the sharing, all the sharing options are so helpful. So yeah, I think, oh, and then like PayPal is just super easy for invoicing. And so I use, I use that for invoicing and I think that's about it. Those are like my big ones. And they're, like I said, they're really simple, but they just all work together. So, so effortlessly, I think.
1: Sometimes simpler is better for sure, because then you don't get overwhelmed with all of the technology that you Mm -hmm. need to use to make things a lot easier. When you finally left New York and you wanted to choose a place to live in, how did you do that? How did you choose the right destination to live as a digital nomad?
0: It was a good question. So for the first three years, it was moving around a lot. But it was all kind of all over the place. And so there were a few different factors. One was house sitting. I started getting into house sitting and loved it. And it was a great way to like be plugged into a place, to already have Wi-Fi, to have a comfortable home that's not just an Airbnb, but has like actually all the things, all the pots and all the things that you need to live. And you're often even kind of plugged into a community at the same time. So I really liked that. And so there were... There was a good portion of time where I would kind of let that dictate where I would go. I would, I belong to four different house sitting sites and I would keep an eye on ones that came up and apply to ones that looked interesting. And then if something came through, I would just kind of follow that. And then at some point after the first year, I just started getting offers for house sits from either returning to places I'd been or referrals. So, That was kind of an easy way to choose where to go. And then in between that, I would maybe think of where logistically made sense. Or maybe I just wanted, after being in like a remote part of Mexico, I wanted to go to Peru for a little while because I'd always wanted to go there. So it kind of was all over the place depending on just the opportunities that came my way, but then also what I wanted to do. And then at the end of the three years, I was really kind of burnout on full-time travel. I loved it, but I just felt tired. And I really, really missed having a community and just felt pretty isolated. At that point, I was trying to figure out where to live in a more stable, long-term basis. And I was just thinking of the places that I loved the most that I'd been during those three years. And um, Mexico City and Oaxaca were kind of my top two That I'd spent the most time and had friends and loved and just loved the vibe and the weather and the culture and the food and everything. But then when it came down to it, Oaxaca was just really, for a variety of reasons, was my favorite place. And so I ended up coming here a little over a year ago and have been here since.
1: Well, that is a really great journey, and it allowed you to see where you really wanted to be. I mean, it was all over the place in the beginning, but you found the right mm-hmm. place for you right now. So When you're actually living abroad like you are right now, what type of international insurance do you use?
0: I have a health insurance that does work abroad. It's not my favorite, to be honest. It has like some quirks, but it's kind of what I've just been using.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny because I hear that a lot. It's either they're not happy with the international insurance or insurance that they have, or they don't use any. And it's really Mm -hmm. crazy because if you've ever tried to make a claim with your insurance when you're traveling, then you know how annoying it is to get hold of someone, mm-hmm. especially if you are in a foreign country and you don't know the language and it's even more familiar when you're in an unfamiliar territory. Well, that's why I'm really glad that I was able to partner with Integra Global because you can manage your claims with their app. So it makes it so much easier and they have so many things that they can give you and so many help from that. They're all over the world. So they're so easy to get a hold of. And it's easy to log on their app and submitting a claim. So if you want to make your life easier and feel safer when you're on the road, go to IntegraGlobal.com and check out their insurance coverages. So maybe you could check out the insurance company Integra Global, Susan. And if our listeners want to do that too, make sure you check them out. So now Susan, let's talk about how you were able to save money before setting off to be location independent. How were you able to do that and how were you able to budget to make it last?
0: Yeah, I didn't touch on that, but I did save a lot before I left. And that was what made it possible for me my first year to have that time to learn things and to not and to be able to kind of build up client work. So I just worked a lot, to be honest. When I was in New York, I transitioned to be freelance the year before I left, which actually benefited me because I ended up making more money, which was great. So I, and I also was able to take on more hours and work hourly. So I just worked as many hours as I possibly could. And it worked out that the fashion company I was working with needed a lot of help. So I worked long hours. I took work home and worked at home. So a lot of the time I felt like I was working like almost every waking hour, which honestly was not healthy, but I had, it was a short term goal and I knew I was going to be leaving. And so I could, I could kind of make it work mentally for me to just get through this time period and work as much as I could. And the nice thing too, about New York is the cost of living is high which also means you the pay is usually on a more <laughs> higher cost of living side. And then I was going to places that were on a lower cost of living. So I was able to save a lot of money right before I left working a lot. And then after I left, like I mentioned, I was house sitting a lot the first year. And when you're house sitting, you're not paying any rent. So that's hugely helpful. And you can live in a home and you can buy groceries and cook. And generally just keep your costs really low. So I did that a lot. And then one of the tools that was the most helpful for me and I still use is an app called Trail Wallet. And it's a budgeting app specifically designed for travel. And it's really simple, which again, I think is a theme for me. I really appreciate tools that are really simple to use. Otherwise, I'll just find them overwhelming or annoying. So this trail wallet, you can just enter in everything that you spend during the day. And there's like a couple different categories. You can keep yourself organized and see what you're spending on food versus rent versus entertainment, things like that. And then it will tell you your average, your daily average. So I always kind of had in mind what my daily budget should be. And I would adjust that depending on where I was. So I, if I knew I was going To Europe, I knew that my daily and my monthly budget was going to have to be higher versus if I was going to be in Guatemala or something like that. So that just helped me stay on track every day, keeping an eye on that, knowing if I was like completely blowing my budget or not. And I still use it now to just stay on budget, even when I'm not traveling. I still just think it's a really helpful and easy budgeting app. So that has been a huge help
1: for me. Yeah, those budgeting apps are honestly lifesavers because otherwise I don't know what's coming in and out. I'm really bad with mm-hmm. that sometimes. So I definitely agree with you on that one, Suzanne. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for?
0: Hmm, it's a good question. I mean, I think one thing that I am hugely passionate about is... Latin America and Mexico. And I think that this part of the world is really misunderstood and the media really portrays it badly, especially in the U S and it's something that really frustrates me because it's such a gorgeous part of the world. The culture is amazing. The people are like so wonderful and warm and people are just scared of it. And so a huge, motivator for me with my blog is to try to educate people and show them what it really is like here and to help them see a more well-rounded view of Mexico and of Latin America to see what everyday life is and to not just have this like gritty idea that the news is showing them. So I would love if my blog could help spread awareness of how beautiful this part of the world is and how much you can learn and and experience and grow and connect with people here. Yeah. And I, one motivator when I created my blog also, it was a very selfish motivator, but I was just really burnt out as a creative person in New York, working in a creative industry and the the pressure to always have new ideas and inspiration while working 60-hour work weeks and barely having vacation and not having a balanced life it was really hard. So one of the reasons that travel was so important to me was that it was really like feeding my soul and and what I was missing. So anytime I would leave and go to Guatemala, Costa Rica, or Mexico, I just felt all this renewed inspiration and creativity. And it just felt like the world opened up for me. And so I wanted to be able to have a platform to show people how they can visit these places and travel to these places in a way that's not just, you know, going to like the big tour spots and checking them off their list, but actually understanding how these places can feed you and transform you and learning from artisans, local artisans in these places and seeing their traditions and just kind of having like a renewed perspective on the world. And so I hope that my blog can be that at some point. That's kind of what my goal is.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of things for you to definitely do right now because you're there. So that's really exciting. What are you working on today that is really exciting to you?
0: Well, I haven't talked about this yet, but I'm really excited about it. And I'm working with a partner here in Oaxaca, and we are going to start offering retreats. And we're really early in the stages. Of planning, but um, I'm really excited about the direction that's going in. I think it's going, it's something i wanted to work on for a long time, but really wasn't sure about doing on my own for a variety of reasons. But I think our partnership will work really perfectly. And I just really want to show people all the things I love about Oaxaca, the creativity here, the traditions all the things that make this a really special place and that have really fed me. So yeah, that's something I'm working on and I'm really excited about sharing and hopefully that all the details will be developing in the next couple months.
1: That is really awesome. Now, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? So my blog is brooklyntropicali.com.
0: That is a good place if you have any interest in traveling to Latin America. I have tons of posts about where to travel, how to do it, specific things. I have tons of posts about Oaxaca and lots about Mexico in general and other parts of Latin America. And I'm also on Instagram, Brooklyn Tropicali, Pinterest, Twitter, pretty much all the social media.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Susan, for being here with us. I really appreciate all the knowledge that you shared. Thanks for having me. It was really great chatting with you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Susan. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to become a social media manager. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location in the Pendant Story will unfold.